Welcome to Buckhead, I'm Matt Rosenberg, uh, going solo today, Zach had some, uh, stuff to get through today, so he will be back next week, but it's the first episode of March, March 2nd, 2020, and a lot to get into, so let's get into it, uh, the first bit of news that we have is the, uh, New York Islanders announcing that their home games will be in the playoffs, and all home games next year are going to be in the Nassau Coliseum on Long Island as they wait for their new arena to be built. They're not going to be in Brooklyn. And I think that that's great news. The Nassau Coliseum is a treasure. It is something that, you know, people really enjoy. The Islanders have a fantastic environment there. And this is something that has been great for the New York Islanders. It's great for hockey. It is an exciting thing that the Islanders are going to be playing all home games uh, this year as well as uh, in the playoffs and next year at the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, last night, getting into a wild game in Columbus, Columbus was down 3-1 to one to Vancouver after the third period. They score four unanswered goals. They get two power play goals in there. Uh, they get a, a late goal and then an empty netter right afterwards. And they win a wild 5-3 game. And it was a huge game that the Columbus Blue Jackets needed if they wanted to keep their playoff hopes alive. And this is a team that's currently occupying the last playoff spot, the last wildcard spot, uh, tied with the Islanders, uh, who are the top wildcard. And this Columbus Blue Jackets team, they've been resilient. Uh, you have the injury to Elvis uh, Merciless, uh, Seth Jones, and this team continues to win. Jonas Corposalo had a great game last night. Uh, he helped battle. Zach Rodensky getting a goal. Uh, you know, uh, Gustav Nyquist uh, chipping in with a goal. This Columbus team is fun to watch. They're, they're plucky. They keep on fighting. This is a team that I, you know, if they make the playoffs, it'll be interesting to see does their health and getting healthy at the right time, does this help this team and make them more dangerous uh, if they were to get Seth Jones back? Uh, right at the end of the regular season, starting the playoffs. If they get Elvis Merciless, that's another goaltender that can help Corpus They have two bona fide NHL goaltenders then. So the Columbus Blue Jackets getting a lot done uh, right now, and they continue to find ways to win. So give a hats off to John Tortorella and the boys in Columbus. Uh, going on to our next topic uh, we're going to go into here. It's, you know, I do say that you know, and kind of answering it, that the Columbus Blue Jackets, I think, can make the playoffs. The way that they're playing, the fact that Carolina's fading, the Islanders have injury problems, uh, you know, there's a lot that's falling, how Columbus needs to do, and, you know, to make the playoffs, it's, you know, you absolutely earn it, but you need luck as well, and I think that getting those crucial points, uh, you know, having Corpus Allo, if they can get Merciless back, to have a one-two punch in goaltending, I think would be a great thing for the Columbus Blue Jackets and really aid their case to, uh, you know, aid their case to make the playoffs. So, uh, really, that's, uh, you know, Leon Dreisaitl, uh becoming the first player in the NHL this year to eclipse 100 points. He has, uh, what, 102 points after Saturday night. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl has just been fantastic. He helped pick up the load. Uh, really carried the team when Connor McDavid was out. And Leon Dreisaitl just continues to do phenomenal things. Looks like he's going to win the Art Ross Trophy. Uh, I think he's going to have major heart consideration uh, for the, in the NHL. And this is a guy who's 
just he continues to get better year after year. He's not just Connor McDavid, and it's been impressive to see what Leon Draisaitl's been able to do for the Edmonton Oilers. A huge reason why they're in a playoff spot right now, and they continue to win. And Leon Draisaitl is been him and Connor McDavid have been the engine that makes this team go. And you know, so congratulations to Draisaitl who eclipses 100 points right before the beginning of March. He uh, looks like he's going to wind up getting, what, about 115, 120 points before the end of the year. Uh, you know, the other thing that we've seen out of the trade deadline talk, we've actually seen a rash of injuries. Uh, the Rangers losing several players, Chris Kreider, the latest, to join them. Uh, on the injury list, they had their, uh, you know, red-hot rookie goaltender go on uh, after the car accident uh, the, what, uh, last Monday, actually. Uh, and so the, you know, New York Rangers have, you know, been bitten by the injury bug. And it's kind of hurt them when they were, um, you know, playing so well. They're only a few points out of the, um, you know, on the last wild card. It's been incredible to see the run that New York Rangers have done. But you have to say that the loss of Chris Kreider to a broken foot, the loss uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you, you know, the loss of, what was it, uh, Georgiev, or, not, excuse me, not Georgiev, it was what, uh, Igor Shishinton was a huge loss for the New York Rangers, and this is a situation that's definitely hurt them in terms of the playoff race. We'll see if they can continue to come back if this is you know, something that they're going to be able to bounce back from, uh, we'll see, you know, you know, uh, you know is, Shishin is day-to-day, um, and it looks like he could be back sooner than expected, that's huge for the New York Rangers, because Shishin was red hot for the New York Rangers, and if he could come back in the next couple of days, uh, you know, that would be a huge boon, to the New York Rangers, uh, with, with, and, you know, would really help, because they've had trouble with Henrik Lundqvist, and Georgia, they've been, you know, hit and miss at times this year, but you look at some of the other injuries throughout, uh, Mark Stone looks like he's gonna miss a good chunk of the rest of the regular season for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, he, uh, he got injured, uh, Jacob Marstrom of the Canucks, he's been out, rally out for another two weeks or so, uh, and not only that, but Steven Stamkos out for six to eight weeks, uh, after having core muscle, uh, surgery, uh, his core muscle injury, so it will be interesting to see. I, I think that, especially for Tampa Bay, losing Stamkos, some more depth, there's seven points behind Boston, uh, you know, Tampa Bay probably gonna slot into that second seed in the Atlantic Division, but for the Vegas Golden Knights, Mark Stone's been arguably their best offensive player all year, uh, consistent, and to lose him when they're at top of the Pacific Division, you saw last night in the loss to the LA Kings that it hurt the Vegas Golden Knights. They missed his presence. Uh, he takes some pressure off of Matt's patch already, and, uh, you know, uh, Marshall Shaw and, and Riley Smith. Uh, you know, it has an impact, but I think that the biggest injury so far is Jacob Marstrom of the Canucks. He was having a Vezina-type season for the Vancouver Canucks. He's been arguably their best player player 
And this is a team that needs their goaltender to stand on their head at times. And he's been able to do that for a good chunk of the year. So we'll see if Jacob Mertzstrom can continue to do that. Uh, you know, if he can get back sooner rather than later. Right now, Vancouver's kind of tumbling down the standings a little bit. They are in the first wild card in the Western Conference. Uh, and, and that's definitely, in no small part, is their stumble due to Jacob Marstrom being out for the last couple of games. Uh, you know, what about the week or so? Looking into the red-hot Philadelphia Flyers, our team to watch so far this week, they are within three points of the Metropolitan lead. It looked like they were going to be fighting for a wild card the uh, you know, last couple of weeks, but they have become just red-hot. This is a team that, if you look at the Philadelphia Flyers, they have a chance now to win this division. They have a huge game against Washington. This is a team that is 23-5-4 at home. They are much better at home than they are uh, on the road. It's shown in Carter Hart's numbers. It's shown in, well, a, a big chunk of numbers, you know, that you want to look at. But, I mean, give credit to the Philadelphia Flyers for making this a race. They are, they've surpassed the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is a team, they had back-to-back -back wins over the Rangers. Uh, you know, 5-2, 5-3 this weekend. And, you know, they beat the Sharks, they beat the Jets, but... They've been able to do it on the road and improve their road record a little bit. The last loss came to the Tampa Bay Lightning on the road, 5-3. Uh, but this is a team that since February, really the start of February, has been incredibly impressive. They've gone on long win streaks. And you look at this team and they are, uh, you know, they just continue to get it done. And this team is, what, 9-3, 10-3 in their last 13 games. Uh, you know, just a tremendous effort. Uh, this is a team that has gotten, you know, good goaltending for the most part. They, they've held teams. They've held the, you know, Capitals to two goals, held the Panthers to one goal, uh, held the Panthers to uh, combine three goals in two games. Uh, you know, this is a team that they've put up a lot of goals lately. But this is a team that has managed to just continue to keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And they're gritty. And it's, you know, they embrace everything. But you have uh, Kodaki with 60 points. Couturier with 58. Well, Jacob Gorachev with 52. Drew with 49. They, they've gotten a lot of contributions. Uh, this is a team that is scoring really well on the power play lately. This is a team... That has managed to be able to do a lot in a short amount of time. And that's why they've just skyrocketed up the standings and are now uh, currently in second place in the Metropolitan Division with a three-point lead over Pittsburgh for that second seat. And so it's been something that's been, you know, kind of fun to watch because it looked like we knew what the top four teams were. And all of a sudden, here comes Philly out of nowhere. And it adds a little bit of intrigue to these final, what, five weeks of the regular season. Alright, so Zach couldn't join us, but he did give a couple, uh, you know, thoughts about the Hawks. And really no comment on the Hawks, other than that Tampa should feel embarrassed that we're giving up five consecutive goals to the Hawks in the third period. Embarrassed and ashamed for the game on Thursday. He said that that loss makes, them, makes him second-guess 
Tampa's chances for the cup. And and I would agree with Zach. You know, this is a team that's willing to give up five goals at home. I know that they've struggled and they're probably better off for struggling, but you can't just discount the result here of just absolutely getting trashed by a Hawks team that has nothing to play for. And what you've seen with the Hawks is that they play really well when they have nothing to play for, which is why they swept the Florida uh, trip that they just went on, uh, beating the Panthers in a shootout on Saturday, uh, you know, on Saturday evening. Uh, by the way, an absolutely filthy goal by uh, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane in the shootout to beat Bobrovsky. But this is a team that they don't play well when the stakes are up. And, you know, you've got to wonder, is that missing the playoffs for a third straight year? Is that mindset going to start creeping in to Alex DeBrincat and Dylan Strome where it makes it you're already battling an uphill battle before the season even starts because you're just used to not making the playoffs. And that's something that I think the core players are going to have to do fight really, really hard to try to avoid that mind creep from settling in. And it'll be interesting to see, do the Chicago Blackhawks, are they able to push forward next year? How do they fix this team? And we have more time to talk about that in maybe a down dive. But, you know, it's very clear that the Blackhawks need more depth on their bottom six, scoring-wise, and that they probably need another, you know, they need more depth defensively, more higher-end depth. I think they have a bunch of guys who could play the third line, be that fourth defenseman, but they really do need to figure out what are the top three, and more specifically, what are the top four, and do we have enough of that? I think with the Han, Keith, and Boquist, you do, but you're missing one guy to help fill out that top four. And maybe it is Connor Murphy, you know, but, you know, I think you'd still need, you're missing one more dynamic defenseman if you're the Blackhawks to really push the pace on things. All right, the question of our top three this week was top three goaltenders. And uh, Zach, I'm going to let Zach go first. He, he gave me his list, a, a fantastic list. And I'll start with number three. He has Tristan Jerry of the Pittsburgh Penguins. A great story. Uh, you know, Tristan Jerry, uh, this guy who's played uh, well, close to 35 games. I want to say something like 32 so far this year. He's number six in goals against average. Number five in wins. This is a guy who really looks like he was just going to be a backup. But he comes in for Matt Murray, who is struggling. He, he has three shutouts in the season. And Tristan Jerry looks... Like, he has a real chance to be the number one goaltender on the Pittsburgh Penguins heading into the playoffs. Number two on Zat's list is Connor Hellebuck, number four in the league in wins, a great save percentage at 19-19, all with the poorest defense. And I do tend to agree with Zach in that this is, you know, Winnipeg has had defensive issues all year long, and what Connor Hellebuck has done has been nothing short of amazing as he's getting peppered with high-quality scoring chances all the time. And Connor Hellebuck has just been resilient and has shown why he is a big-time goaltender in this league. Number one on Zat's list is Tuka Rask. He's uh, top in the leagues in goals against, uh, number four in save percentage, number seven in wins. Uh, Boston's the best team in hockey, he said, in part because of his play. And you look at Tuka Rask, and uh, giving you the stats, he's 216 goals against average. Uh, he has the same percentage of 928. Uh, he only has, I believe, 23 wins. And in part, that's because he's been splitting the crease with Yaroslav Halak. And it'll be interesting to see, does the, do the two, uh, 
the lack of workload affect Rass, or does it keep him fresher? Uh, he has 24 wins, by the way. All right, my top three, uh, my number three goaltender is Jacob Marstrom of the Vancouver Canucks. 23, 16, and 4 with a 275 goals against average, a 918 save percentage, and two shutouts. And this is a guy who's really come out of nowhere, and he has elevated his game. He has been able to just really been a nice revelation. He's an older goaltender, but he's a huge reason why the Vancouver Canucks are in a playoff spot early. And I think you see the impact of him and how much he has missed with this little tailspin that the Vancouver Canucks have gone on. Uh, my number two goaltender is Tuka Rass, 24, 7, and 6. 216 goals against average and Zach Lutu, best in the NHL, 928 save percentage. He's had four shutouts. The, the thing about Tuka Rask, he's only played 38 games. And the reason why I put him at number two is I I have a hard time giving the Vezina to someone who might only play in 45 games this year. And while I think Tuka Rask has had an incredible season, how much is that because of a late workload? Because he's been able to split with Yaroslav Halak? Also coming off the long playoff run where I, you know, think if, if Boston wins that cup, he is the Conn Smythe winner. But Tuka Rask has been really phenomenal this year and showing why he's one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. My number one goaltender is that number two. Him and I flipped them. Uh, I had Connor Halibut, 27, 21, and 5. Yeah, he's got a lot of losses, but he's been playing for a Winnipeg team that's just been porous, as Zach mentioned. They've been horrendous defensively, uh, without Dustin Bufflin all year long. Uh, this is a team, and they they keep losing guys to injuries. He has a 9.19 save percentage, five shutouts, which is impressive. He has really carried Winnipeg at times, and they're probably going to need probably two more hot stretches from Hellebuck in order to make the playoffs. But Connor Hellebuck is really... One of the, you know, perhaps the biggest reason that the Winnipeg Jets are still in a playoff spot because, uh, you know, they have struggled defensively. They have no continuity. They've lost a bunch of pieces. And this is something that we have seen uh, has been impressive for the uh, Winnipeg Jets and the fact that they continue to be fighting for a playoff spot, occupying a playoff spot, to me, one of the most impressive things so far this year. All right, my uh, player of the week is going to be the points leader himself. How about Leon Dreisaitl? 102 points. He is 11 ahead of David Pasternak. And Leon Dreisaitl, you know, you could say a smaller week by his standards. Only four points. But the fact that he eclipses 100 points already. A three-point game against Winnipeg in that win. Uh, that kind of helped stop a little mini losing streak, to me, deserves a lot of credit. And Leon Dreisaitl, for the for the year that he is having, and, you know, the fact that he has 39 goals, 63 assists, Leon Dreisaitl is my player of the week. All right, for Zach's player of the week, Robin Leonard, great in his Vegas debut, uh, debut 941 save percentage, two goals allowed, in a big win versus Buffalo. That continued Vegas' win streak. Uh, got it to 8. Uh, where it was snapped last evening. Uh, at home against the LA Kings. So Sats player of the week is Robin Leonard. My game of the week. I kind of alluded to it earlier. But how about this? Wednesday night. The national game on Wednesday night hockey. Washington, or excuse me. Washington at Philadelphia. That is on 
I, excuse me, I believe that that is on uh, Saturday. That's the second of two. Let me double check my uh, self here. But they, they are going to be meeting a couple of times this week. They're actually going to be meeting in Washington on Wednesday. And the, excuse, the rematch. Yes, it's Wednesday. I wrote down the wrong uh, date, so my apologies. It will be Philadelphia at Washington. Philadelphia with a chance to cut the lead uh, and get into you know, an incredible spot. You know, If they were to win on Wednesday, they would be able to say that they are one point behind the Washington Capitals. And it's a huge win. Washington coming off a long road trip. Philadelphia, uh, you know, with their red-hot uh, play of late, that's a chance for them to cut into this lead and probably try to chase down the Washington Capitals for first place in the Metropolitan Division. Sats, first, uh, Sats game of the week is on Saturday, I believe. And there was one that I had looked at it is going to Friday, excuse me, Colorado at Vancouver. Uh, Colorado been red hot trying to chase down the St. Louis Blues. And you have Vancouver Canucks who have been a little bit in a free fall. A huge game between two playoff contenders, a potential playoff uh, preview. Uh, huge game in Vancouver, Colorado, Nathan McKinnon and company going in and seeing if they can pull off the victory. Alright, very quickly, we're going to go to one uh, final segment, and that is another edition of Smith's Hits. The Pod Pits record is 34 and 17, the overall record 69 and 42. So, uh, looking at this, some of Smith's Hits that he, uh, Zach came up with, he texted them to me. He has Edmonton at Dallas. These are all Tuesday night games. He says it's over the five and a half. He says it's spent a lot of scoring from two of the West's top teams. Dallas has been putting the puck in the net more and more now. Uh, can say I'm strong with goaltending with Ben Bishop at times. And Edmonton, of course, you have McDavid and Dreisaitl. You've got to be expecting a lot of scoring from them. His second game, Ottawa at Pittsburgh, minus 290 on the money line. He said the Penguins need to bounce back, and this is the perfect game. They have had a, a long losing streak. I believe it's at five in a row now for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're minus 290 on the money line. Zach expects them to bounce back and get a win. The final one is New Jersey at Vegas. Uh, Vegas minus 250 on the money line. Again, New Jersey, one of the worst teams in the NHL. They trade off a bunch of parts. Uh, this is a team that is going to take a while to rebuild as they try to rebuild around Jack Hughes. So Zach thinks that Vegas should be able to rebound and get an easy win for the Golden Knights. All right, well, that's all the time that we have for Puckheads this week. So we will catch you next week. Zach will be back, and him and I, we will record another one next Monday as the playoff races tighten up even further. So for myself, Matt Rosenberg, this has been Puckheads. Have a great week, everybody.